and cult and classic. <laughs> Welcome, fiends of the pod, to another episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we usually bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both. This, however, is one of our uh, infamous, famous, whatever you want to call it, I think it depends on who's listening, uh, one-off episodes. And it is uh, an episode that I like to call the horrific Christmas in July. Uh, I, I said it a little funny there because it's a play on words. Not only is this a horrifying Christmas in July special that we will be talking about, but it is also Rift by the good folks at Rift Tracks. Uh, so this is, I, I saw this last year and was like, I have to force this upon our beloved panelists because it is banana sandwich bonkers. Uh, I'm your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian, of course. And with us today, we also have Tad Mastriani. How are you doing, Tad? I'm starting to wonder how uh, how long I can have this force on me before it becomes assault. Yeah, I mean, it. well, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it depends what state you're in, I guess. Um, well, I'm fine. Uh, good luck proving it. Uh, and we also have with us Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure what season it is. It feels just like Christmas, but it is a billion degrees in New England right now. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're having some rec record heat out here as well. I mean, it's, it's always hot here in Palm Springs area, but, uh, we've been battling between 108 and 116 the past few days. But so it's, it's a dry heat, right? It is. A, it is a dry heat. It is true. It is. It is oh, and you know what? It makes here. a difference. It is like no. a swimming pool. Yeah. Here. And, uh, it it has been nothing but rain. Yeah, we've, it's rain. Not we've had rain for hot. like we've had rain for like three weeks, and then they're like, oh, now we'll uh, stop raining, but we'll make it a million degrees. So yeah, we'll make it we'll make it a fucking uh, sweaty asshole. You yeah. know hmm. why not? It's it's very swassy for sure. <laughs> Swass, oof, hitting it hard, hitting it hard today. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, we will have, there are lots of change of scenery uh, moments that you get with this week's film, which is 1981's New Zealand television special, The Monster's Christmas. Uh, this movie, I'm just going to, I'm going to go in and try and give you the plot. Uh, I, it's basically Lord of the Rings. Um, but instead of, uh, instead of, instead of a group trying to bring a, 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 a ring of power and throw it into a volcano. Uh, a group sends a small child to, uh, to rescue their voices from the inside of a volcano. Uh, otherwise, there are a shocking number of parallels. And of course, this is long before Peter Jackson's uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, which was also filmed in New Zealand. But uh, I'm I'm guessing he had seen this, especially knowing that he made the uh, bizarre special effects film uh, Bad Taste, as well as his entire discography. Um, but yeah, this is this is some banana sandwich crazy crap, and uh, I want to get into it. Um, over there's like this, I guess you could call it a. It's not really a framing story. It's just this girl is reading a a, pic, a picture book as she goes to sleep at night, presumably on Christmas Eve. Uh, I don't know exactly how New Zealanders, how their Christmas is the same or different than ours here in the US. It, it essentially seems very similar, right? Like you wake up on Christmas morning and you open presents from under a Christmas tree. Uh, in this case, though, she falls asleep with her teddy bear reading The Monster's Christmas. A, what a, It seems to be a real picture book 
uh, of some kind where a bunch of monsters um, have a singing competition or something and a witch, they make fun of a witch because she sounds terrible. And so she steals their voices. And in response, they steal her wand so she can't use her powers. And uh, and that's the story. And she, this little girl reads it and falls asleep. And then when she wakes up in the middle of the night expecting saint nicholas to be delivering presents she finds one of the monsters in her living room uh which we will touch we will touch on these monsters a lot i think because there's a lot to talk about uh and and then she ends up being befriending this monster and he leads her to like the next step of the journey where she meets another monster and then the next step where she meets another one um uh, and eventually she rides up in the witch's place and uh rescues the voices and then they all become a happy family which is perhaps a slight difference from uh lord of the rings but that's it otherwise this is the lord of the rings okay um i can guarantee that none of our panelists had seen this before i forced it upon them as i mentioned in the intro though this is the riff tracks version that we watched here today it is uncut from the original uh transfer i guess you would call it although uncut I'm wondering what was left on the the cutting room floor because there are some insane moments here that do not have any explanation. Uh, <clears throat> but that be that as it may, uh, the film has been riffed by uh, Riff Track's main group, of course, Mike Nelson, uh, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, uh, written by them and their talented writers. Very funny. I found it a delight. I always love Riff Tracks, and I think it makes a, a movie like this, which has what I will kindly call audio problems. Uh, it makes it much more watchable. By audio problems, I mean the little girl's voice is so high-pitched and ADR'd that, and that the, the Casio keyboard soundtrack is so loud and piercing that it's just kind of a cacophony of screeches um, whenever there's any sort of dialogue happening. And the monsters don't speak until the very end, so they essentially just grunt, groan, and shuffle about. Uh, and we just get a lot of really unpleasant sounds. And half the time, the sound effects, I'm not even, this is not a joke. They sound like diarrhea, like actual, like bubbly, gurgly, bizarre, like you, how, why you would choose these sound effects. I do not know. I really oh, don't. Oh, good. It wasn't just me. No, no. It sounds. Uh, I was like, is this, is this a joke? Is this something that they uh, spliced in? No, it's literally in the original feature. Um, and it's just like, just, I mean, not to be graphic, but like, like these really horrifying gurgle yeah. oh, sounds. Yeah. Oh, no, not the potty mouth. It is. Uh, so, yes. So, okay. Uh, I, I'm just going to break just in. like being old and not being able to understand the kid. I was like, no, what? First <laughs> what? off, of course. Where are the I, I, subtitles? I have no idea what's happening right now. Uh, listeners <laughs> know that we are based in the in the U.S. and we are all um, U.S. natives, uh, and so we have a particular way of speaking in English. And this film uh, has New Zealand cast, and there's only really two people until the monsters at the end who don't speak; they just sing us "Silent Night," which we'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> the 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 only ones that speak are the witch. And the little girl, uh, the witch is called uh, witch, and the little girl is called girl. So, kudos <laughs> to that. Great, um, easy to remember. Yeah, and uh, and they speak, but they have especially the little girl has like a heavy Kiwi accent, like very very. And you know, it's a it's a very 
I think it's actually a very pretty accent, but it's sort of sing-songy. Like it has a very particular melodic up and down and it it makes it very hard to follow when you're competing with the soundtrack. It's like they have this weird resonance with one another that makes it like, I'm like, I see lips moving, but it's also ADR. So sometimes the lips aren't moving and I'm still hearing them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Also, this is a musical, but only twice. There are two songs in this, um, I believe, and and they're both they're both insane. Uh, they're just both insane. I'll talk about them in a moment, but I want to hear what you guys have to say, Mandy. Uh, what were you expecting from this holiday feature, and, and what was what did you come away <laughs> with after watching the Monsters Christmas? I think I was expecting something a little bit more like the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh -huh. maybe like maybe um and then what we got was what felt like a story that had been like written by a group of third graders after someone had told them the story of lord of the rings kind of like you said and then also said we're writing a christmas story like they were given some prompts and then they like each wrote a couple sentences of a story and it got past the next kid and like they wrote a couple sentences and so it's it very is adept in that shit insane there are like costume changes that are never explained you have <laughs> yes. no idea like where these clothes came from or why that's happening uh the magic system i mean like a oh, why even bother explaining that like it doesn't it's from a i kid. don't even know so i'm not even sure even, there's any magic yeah, matter, i mean really but yeah like they turn a bad guy i don't even know if he's a bad guy like his tail yellow and then they like shoot it off or something yeah i was yeah. like what like does she so, does she know what she's doing or is this is was that planned was that like she thought it'd be hilarious to do or was that just an accident because she pointed yeah she makes a face someone, but then they're right? sort of like, delighted about it yeah like so yeah so i don't know this this movie made me feel old um i'm pretty sure that my kid would have <laughs> absolutely loved it though because he loves super creepy weird stuff um, and the monsters weren't like too scary and it does not matter to little kids if the plot makes any sense at all true um the exercise room hijinks would have had any little kid cracking up so like i understand like kind of why this was made and how it was made and whatever and, like but wow it yeah was, it's sort of this it is was a wild trip. this is one of those movies where when you see pictures like when you actually see screenshots you're like what nightmare <laughs> came to life because it is not just like mildly upsetting it's like the you know the 1930s silent you know um alice in wonderlandy like um talking animals where they just build giant robot you know giant not robots giant animal heads and stick them on people and like you know and oh, it, it just backwards like yeah insect so, thing so James Wan clearly ripped off the insect monster here uh, with uh, with malignant, uh, which if you if you're if you're curious our opinions on it, go listen to my uh, my mini episode review uh, when it came out, which I hate it. Anyway, uh, he totally stole it from this, right? Like the the insect monster is actually a person standing backwards, so his legs bend backwards, and he uses his little like pincery claws behind him. Um, it's i think it's a great touch it's i would say it's probably would have been a little more effective had they had some sort of chest plate on him because he has like a back carapace with like you know like folded wings kind of thing and it looks fantastic but every once in a while and they do change it 
Like there's a couple of scenes that look mildly dangerous where they had him, the, the person in the suit facing forward, uh, which makes yeah. sense. But you can only tell if you look at his legs really, because you know mm -hmm. they either bend one way or the other. But it was really cool. And the insect monster, I mean, I guess we just go over the whole cast, right? There's girl who is the heroine, right? There's mountain monster, which is the first one she meets, which we'll talk about. Then there are um, the, the witch. Nasty is the monster that is like her manservant. Uh, and we have- uh, Forest it's... monster and mud monster? Mud monster, yes. That's correct. Uh, and then there's also uh, a, a very brief scene of, t there's a TV witch <laughs> who's teaching um, aerobics Aero uh, on a witch TV. Witch aerobics. Which aerobics, that's right. Uh, so that's it. That's our whole cast. Um, and uh, each monster is literally like a nightmare. But it's interesting you said that because I don't think they're creepy probably to kids probably that much. But for something no, about like, them. Like the whole like, like theme, I don't know theme, like the whole just like general vibe of the movie is like very friendly. Like she's just like not scared of them ever. Right. She's like, ever. Oh, hey, I know your story. She's like, I love this book. I'm going to read it to my teddy bear. And then a monster randomly shows up in her living room. She's like, oh, hey, monster, who has a giant weepy eye of goo. Oh, like, God, it's so gross. So it's so crazy. You're so sad, but let me help you feel better. And I'll go on a random adventure with you. And it'll be totally fine. Like, And that's the, the tone whole, of the voice the whole, tone. the whole time. Yeah. And, and and the movie both um yeah yep. you're totally right she's not afraid and it's which is cute and the monster you mentioned the eye so mm -hmm. the monster the costume design is kind of epic like it's like someone looked right. at um the original doctor who series you know and was like oh we're gonna make this one step to more towards realism which means it's creepy it's like it it's it's a, it's cosplay with like one or two real sort of fleshy elements that makes it upsetting. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, she makes the mountain monster, which I don't, I don't know why exactly it's called a mountain monster, except he's huge. And the top of his head spews smoke like a volcano um, the whole time, like just forever. Uh, and his eye, he's one eye. And it looks like maybe they use some sort of like yellow rubble circular, like Brillo pad, like a yellow, um, I don't even know what you would call it. Like, it looks like a horse brush or something. That's like these, these mm -hmm. rubber knobs. Rubber nubby things. And yeah. Very symmetric. With... Like it was definitely something manufactured. And it pulses. Like perfect circles. Yeah. Yeah. It pulses. And then he has an eye in the middle of that eye that pops out and comes back in. Like for anyone who's seen from beyond uh, with uh, where the, the, the pineal gland comes out of, of, um, of the forehead when they when they become like this evil advanced creature and like it's like that it comes out on a stalk and when as you said the first time she sees the monster she makes fun of him because he can't speak because she knows from her storybook that the witch stole their voices and then he starts to cry and it is green viscous liquid that just oozes out of the bottom of this weird yellow eye it, it's truly upsetting um it reminded me a lot of uh the creature in um a movie which which we all love here um and why i'm mary warrenov uh full moon uh releasing why can i not think of that name um tad do you remember 
I'm blanking here. It, the the film with Mary Warnoff where the TV intergalactic TV comes up. Anyway, it'll come to me and we'll talk about it. Um, it's not a full moon video, is it? It is. Uh, it's it's like a. Oh. Uh, not monster. I, exactly I of course know about. what monster vision. I mean, anyway, oh, well, that's I, I what I was thinking. I was watching. I also vision. can't think of it, but we've like covered it on this haven't we 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 did and it was fantastic and this is this is this movie the monster's christmas i i watched it a second time directly before recording this podcast it has melted my brain because it's almost an i I call it a non-verbal movie because the, the the dialogue doesn't matter it occurs but not only did i not understand half of it but it's really irrelevant because it's sort of like everyone involved except for the kid seems like they may be a circus performer like they might actually be some sort of clown or contortionist or something especially the person in the in the nasty monster suit the helper of the witch um and i so i think of all the monsters because we talked about mountain monster he has light up belly he has this big giant rubbery mouth with teeth um this weepy eye this smoking thing on his head uh unclear limbs arms it's at some point are unclear uh but we also have uh as the forest monster which is like a big insect sort of like a praying mantis then we have the uh, mud monsters which as rift track says looks like a tandem i think they called it tandem poo like like it, they look like two piles of excrement that are attached uh at the base uh and that's and, and, not an unkind description no it isn't it's really accurate and I, I saw them as like the the final form of Diglett from Pokemon, like this really upsetting mound of like brown, like <laughs> brownness. Um, and, and when they get close, they have like, you know, they're, they're people's faces in this one. Uh, the other monsters, you can't see human faces, but people's faces, but they have like appliques on them. So they're kind of purpley and like bulgy. And it's just, and their their noses are big and bulbous and they they inflate and deflate. Uh, it's It's really spooky. And uh, I I can't, but Nasty, Nasty is the most insane because Nasty is the villain. He's the villain's helper, rather. He is the golem of this. He's Schmeagle all the way. Um, he literally, like Peter Jackson could not have not seen this movie um, because Golem is this creature. He like moves around like on all fours, like gliding, hangs from trees, skulks around rocks. Um, the difference being is that he is this mostly black. He looks like he's a creature that crawled out of an oil slick, right? He's mostly black, a little bit of brown tones, but his face, I think at one point Rift Tracks called him a like melted pig rat, which is kind of appropriate because he has yeah. this like snout that that goes off his face sort of like what sort of like the center tendril of man things face from marvel comics and i think then, they also made a circumcision joke yes it well. did, he had his nose circumcised yes it very much yeah. seriously it is upsetting because you see the human eyes but like he has whiskers but he's also very melted looking yes uh it's yeah and and as you said he has a tail which the little which girl uh blows away first she shocks him and his whole tail and butt become like bright yellow and then she shoots him again and the tail falls off and his butt is bright yellow and tailless for the rest of the movie so i can only assume that that's some sort of horrible scar burning <laughs> that's is really weird i in case in case you haven't picked it up at this Magic point burn yeah this movie is a little weird <laughs> um yeah 
so okay so those are the monsters um his, like just, the texture of his like nose facing is almost like seaweed it, he, yes like, it's healthy, very like wet, wet but like semi-translucent and it has like that thickness and like fold kind of like they just like put seaweed over his yeah everything is just all around nose. terror vision that's the name damn it terror vision is the movie i was thinking about which is a delightful you said movie. that you know no, i said you say that but i said I, I said Monster oh, Vision. And Monster Vision oh, is, of course, Whatever. was the was Joe Bob Briggs television show on TNT. Uh, go watch. We were, we were halfway there. We were. Uh, anyway, uh, and I know our listeners were like, you idiot. It's blah, blah, blah. Totally fair. <laughs> totally valid. Uh, but we're back on track. Do you not even remember the movies that you watched? We, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care about the title. I care about how I felt after watching it. Yeah. So we have, we have watched, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about more, but we have watched several hundred movies at this point for this podcast, listeners. That's just for this podcast. So I can't remember uh, five minutes ago. Uh, sure. Exactly. That is just the reality. <laughs> that too. Uh, I, so anyway, okay. Tad, what were you expecting from the Monsters Christmas? And what did you come away with? I was expecting Christmas. I got monsters. I, I got I got barely any Christmas, but I did get monsters. And I also got no Nathan, I don't have enough Vicodin in my life to watch movies like this, okay? <laughs> like, I am I am <laughs> I'm I'm in serious pain right now for any of our listeners. I'm in serious pain right now. I have a serious back spasm. I am doing this out of my out of the kindness of my heart for Nathan because I love him so much. But um I can tell you that when you're in some serious pain and you're trying to pay attention to a movie and it's this bad shit, sorry, gone. I do remember images. I do remember some of the things you guys are talking about. Well, what I can tell you right now is that I walked away going, what the fuck did I just watch? And I've, how many times probably on this podcast have I said, what the fuck did I just watch? This is one of those where I, uh, I uh, that Christmas special that we did like, what, two years ago, where it was just um, the the animated one. Like, oh, like uh, what was cosmic, that, the psychedelic? Cos cosmic, cosmic Christmas? Christmas? That, one, that one was yeah. more cohesive. Oh, that sure. one was more cohesive than this. And well, I thought that one was like kind of a little Santa bit out there. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Santa, Santa, yeah. I, you know what? Listeners... I can't get into the. I, I can't get in the spirit of this in the middle of um, July. Okay, like my so... my face is melting, and they're trying to show me Christmas trees. I can't do it. Go. Oh, so to be fair, um, this but wouldn't that noted... be like? Isn't this the perfect time to watch a Christmas movie from the Southern Hemisphere? I mean, we think like White Christmas. We're from the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, There's it's like a winter no thing and stuff. But like. Southern Hemisphere, like this would be very okay, much well, the well, way. If Nathan, if Nathan right? is willing to fly me to New Zealand just to watch this movie, I will take that. So, but, um... so it's interesting that you said that you injured you back this week because I also did, and actually, and today's today's the first day with no hydrocodone, so I'm I'm feeling it. Um, and sitting in this chair <laughs> is tough. <laughs> and I have to, I don't know what it says. I think it says more to our age than anything else. But uh, I, this movie not only is it not like there's there's a lot of weird christmas movies that don't ever have any sort of hold on our imaginations because they're not they don't call, they don't ring christmas like um the one that skirts the line that everybody talks about of course die hard like it sort of skirts the line everything looks christmas it opens with a christmas theme there's so like you kind of even feel a little bit more christmas with that but like this movie no christmas um there's a christmas tree at the beginning uh it is called the monster's christmas 
and then they are back. She the the girl is a back. Christmas stocking. It, she does. She has. She carries the Christmas stocking throughout the movie, um, and she also it ends with a, a triumphant singing of Silent Night, uh, which, as Riff Tracks uh, performers pointed out, is weird that that monsters are Christian. I guess in this universe, um, I also think it's probably one of the few songs that they actually could get. Uh, so somewhat ironic that they were singing about something silent when they just got their voices back i, I know they've been silenced I, and then yes dang, i just yeah totally i i thought the same choice. thing um and not only is it not christmas but as as we stated several times it's in new zealand so they make amazing use of the natural features like the forest looks stunning they they're the forest of like you know, um, right out of Lord of the Rings. And then they're in caves a lot, which are like real caves, I believe, for the most part. And then <laughs> they're they're actually like, at one point in some sort of disgusting, smoky, gurgling bog with mud, which, by the way, don't the fog continually... fog of eternal stench? Yes. Do not, do <laughs> like not continue... Yes. Do not continually zoom in on erupting brown mud holes. Because it looked, to, to speak again of the soundtrack sounding like diarrhea, at m several moments in this movie, it looked like literal diarrhea. Like somebody, it was... I mean, it looked it like was... somebody filmed the inside of a toilet bowl. It was, it was hawking diarrhea. And best part is during that scene, I don't think I actually understood a thing. Not a single thing. No, not one said, word made same... sense. They're giving they're giving the girl instructions on how she can free the monsters' voices once she finds them, and she tells them, how, and it also tells her how to find them in the witch's like home, and like it says it like the, every time the holes open up with bubbles, it speaks, but the voice and then it is imparts. this. It does. Like imagine it, like burping yeah. the alphabet, <laughs> except instead you're giving someone complex instructions with your farts. Yeah, and like that is, and it's so even this more. This was a hundred percent, like I said, written yes. by a third grade classroom. <laughs> this and it's section so hard to understand. was like three or four boys in a row. It's like <laughs> so hard to understand because it's like just just air escaping a hole. It's like it's like go to the to, to the being. So and, Nate, ooh, Nate, it's upsetting. Nate, you know what? You know what? This this just reminds me. This is something that we should probably send over to Miyazaki at FromSoft and tell him this should be the narrative of your next Soulsborne game. Because <laughs> this exactly follows the, the, the usually the narrative structure of most of those FromSoft games where it's like, um, walk to, to thing, get a little bit of piece of something, something in the ground talks to me, and then I, I wander off and hours later, I guess I go to something else. Totally, and let's uh, let's let's just throw a shout out to our video game fans out there. That um, I mean, I'm I love FromSoft, uh, but I will say that um, claiming George R. R. Martin writing the story for um, uh, what Elden Ring, Elden Ring is okay, the listen, most listen. hilarious. No, like, no, no, there's, no, stop, just stop. Hold, no, hold on, listen. I've been playing Elden Ring. I have been doing it for about 250 hours now. And what I can tell you is that the only thing that George R. R. Martin actually had to anything to do with whatsoever is any of the incest narratives that are inside the game. <laughs> I guarantee that's most of his contribution. And after that, they just ran with whatever. Yeah, no, it's like you know general what? duration. Like, <laughs> ah, doesn't really matter what happens. Just got to last like 
20 times longer than anyone really can pay attention to. Oh, yeah. All, all I need to know is did a brother and sister have sex to make this fantasy world seem real? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's okay. Anyway, back to the monsters, back to some real entertainment value, quality writing, The Monsters Christmas from 1981. Um, so here's the deal, guys and gals and non binaries and everyone in between and beyond. The Monsters Christmas is crazy. The amount of, like, the locations are wild. It looks um, like, I mean, just Lord of the Rings sets before Lord of the Rings. Like, we have cracked earth with steam spewing out of it, you know? We have, um, like, geysers. We have the the gurgling mud swamp. We have several different caves, um, lush forests, beautiful verdant fields of, like, wildflowers and, and, and some sort of wheat. Um, and we... <laughs> To get us there, we have long scenes of um, the little girl saying goodbye to monsters and receding into the distance while several times turning around to wave back at the monsters and say goodbye once again. Oh, we uh, haven't even talked about her monster costume. No, we have not. Or the costume changes in general. The girl, the first costume change occurs without any under, like, this is one where I'm like, did they cut something? Because it doesn't make any sense. They we haven't even talked about she's going to get the monster's voices back but for some reason she also needs to get the witch's scepter which the monsters stole from the witch and retaliation and so she gets the sept the the witch's wand essentially this big scepter and um and when they get it the next scene the monster the mountain monster is hungry i guess and the little girl is in a nurse's costume, like a Swedish, I mean, I guess it's New Zealand, but like a Swedish, to me, a Swedish sort of sound of music nurse's costume uh, for no discernible, like it's not addressed. And then after that, she no longer has that outfit on. Um, I don't really understand. I guess I don't need to, uh, but uh, it also is the scene where we first learn what monsters eat, which is pictures uh so and any picture apparently it doesn't matter what the picture is of it eats a picture of a flower out of a magazine and then the little girl draws several other flowers and gives it to them but then later the witch draws i don't know like a giant is it a is it a giant acorn with like holly on top of it i don't know what the drawing is supposed to be uh but anyway and that's apparently what monsters eat is pictures of things okay uh i guess i'm not gonna ask questions about that uh the other costume change occurs in several stages, which is the forest monster and then the mud monsters giving her bits of costume to make her look like a monster. Uh, don't really know why she has to look like a monster to go into the witch's home, uh, knowing that the witch hates monsters. Don't really understand that. Um, but her costume is also kind of wildly cool. Like these costumes are actually really, people put effort into these kind of shows. wants that costume. Like seriously 100%. her costume she's like a like a prickly pear avocado monster it's an avocado Amazing. covid virus like yes. it's an avocado covid virus because it looks it's a round thing with like this slice cut out of the front and it's got like this green pink inside like an avocado or a guava uh fruit and then the outside has all these spines on it with like tufts of of, of feather at the end so it's very it's very viral uh, sort of like yeah it looks like um if you've been into a starbucks where they have like those prints of like drawings or pictures of like cocoa beans like being roasted it's very much that it's like a it's a viral viral 
fruit of some kind or berry. And then, uh, and that's what the forest creature gives her. Although I don't, do we even see the forest monster give her this or does she just appear in it in the next scene? I don't really, they, it's like, unclear. She just kind of appeared like they're in, he is also like a spider yeah, like, he's got like, like spider webs. He's he wraps like, the nasty yeah. in the spider webs. So they're like in his little area with the spider webs, and suddenly she's in this monster costume, and they're kind of and then yeah, and then it. she waves goodbye and walks off yeah. into the distance. Um, and then for the mud monsters, they give her a head a helmet, a headpiece that matches the outfit. So all of a sudden she's fully monstered out. At which point she goes to meet the witch and becomes the witch's slave, uh, which, you know, that's a thing uh i guess um we need to talk about you mentioned it mandy the the witch's uh gym which is where the finale takes place uh i I felt personally attacked you know not at all because that looks like my basement i mean it it literally exercising (laughs) it's got an old like 1980s i mean it is 1980s but like a 1970s television with um uh you know the the workout the tv witch as is credited the workout witch which by the way is played by actress jane waddell uh who is the only person that is notable uh, acting actor wise in this and she's just on the tv screen um for a little bit we get lots of uncomfortable groans from uh from the witch (laughs) which riff tracks makes fun of um but she's trying to do like push-ups and then she's doing like there's a there's like a pommel horse and some really questionable balance beams and and things in there uh and she's got a set of uneven bars uneven bars she has um a couple of you know like bench press uh barbells it's very unclear why this whole thing is happening in a gym i don't i don't know it's a gym by the way in a cave uh it's literally in a cave so i don't again understand that whole uh process but i want to talk about before we dive into the cave scene or the the gym scene i want to mention some of the questionable safety involved in the scenes of revolving around this um at one point at the end the the monster's voices are hidden in this giant hole that is elevated in the cave and has a big um ladder that the that girl has to glide climb up and by the way i wish that we were in an innocent place where i didn't have to instantly feel uncomfortable when there is an underage child climbing a ladder on a skirt but we live in a world where movies are now suspect on every level uh filmmakers are suspect on every level and frankly we should be because we have seen people pretty but it's weird i'm like you don't need to film this little girl climbing a ladder that's like 100 feet in the air for like five minutes it was weird i didn't like it uh and again, I wish that I didn't have to feel that way, but I feel like now, I feel like the climate of the world is clear enough now to me as a straight white man that we need to be aware of these things. That said, it seems dangerous that they had this little girl climb a ladder that is probably 30, 30 feet in the air, uh, I would say, at the top. Uh, and then to get to this cave, there are these big volcanic like washes, I guess you would call them, um, where it's like a bunch of shale and other rock that's all broken down. That they, It makes these really deep, um, or rather steep, slippery rock slidey areas, right? It's just, it looks like um, chunky gravel that's at a very steep uh, in, uh, decline. And 
I don't know if it's natural or if they're from from some sort of mining. I'm not sure. But whatever the case is, they have the th- the the four people in these three monster costumes. Because remember, mud monster is two people. Uh, they have them essentially speeding down these hills, uh, and they all legitimately fall several times, like and roll and like really fall. And these costumes have to be fairly padded, but. It's very weird because I'm like, this is not something that someone who actually has like professional film setup would actually do. You would not send your cast members in awkward, clumsy costumes to tumble down what appears to literally be hundred, like hundred foot, like sloped landscape that is all loose rubble. And uh, I noticed that at that point, uh, the forest monster, who you know, is is in his costume backwards to make it look more insect-like, is actually forward in this one. You can tell his knees bend the right way, and because I could not imagine, I could not imagine the dead carcasses of stunt people that would have been littering the base of this uh, of this mountain if they had had people try and go down it backwards in monster costumes. But that was weird, and the girl climbing up the uh, uncomfortably high, dangerous ladder was also weird. Okay, Mandy, you were going to say something about the uh, the gym scenes uh, oh. that the witch was in. I mean, because to me, the most insane moment in the gym is when Nasty, her helper, steals, which again, he catches the little girl behind a bush, like a shrub. Oh, that was disturbing. Super weird. That was so, super disturbing. There was like clothes flying everywhere. Yes, and I her know clothes it's probably and like so just supposed to be him going through her Christmas stocking. But this, yeah, this is also what happens. sound yeah, disgusting. Exactly. This but is like, what happens. She no. dies. She runs away from the monster, from, from this, this bad monster, nasty, yeah. to behind a big shrub. And he leaps clearly catching her behind it and then all of her clothes go flying over the top of the rope and it is and then he like runs out with it's really weird it's not it was not well thought out or it was well thought out and we need to be call someone because it was it was was real real weird um yeah but anyway like i was just assaulted but I guess I still need to go get these monsters' voices. Voices, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I need to have somebody who can corroborate uh, my story. Um, and yeah, she so was... definitely looked like the kid who was like, "Oh, making a movie sounds really fun," and then like three hours into it, was like, "I hate this." Like, like the trudging, right. like yes. through all the scenes where she at least looks like a, like a six-year-old or an eight-year-old that you sent on like a huge quest. Right. I think miserable. That... There's a yeah. reason that things were ADR'd and it wasn't just because they didn't have good sound equipment. It's because yeah. I think half the time she's like, I don't want to do my line. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, so, well, so Nasty, <laughs> nasty steals the sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. Uh, the spray paint's making me dizzy. Um, mm-hmm. The cost, so, so Nasty gets the scepter, but the top falls off and it's like a, a plastic Christmas ornament that she got at the dollar store. Yeah, that's been had glitter glued on it. It falls off. So he doesn't know that. So um, he brings the scepter back to the witch and she's like all excited. And then we get the second song because the first one is just the little girl singing while she and the first mountain monster are just like running over hills and valleys in a field. I don't know. That's that's just it's a song. It's it's the general like we're going in an adventure song. The 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 words could be radically different. It could be racist. I don't even know because I couldn't understand a single bit of it. Um, 
But the witch's song, I understood completely because I believe the only lyrics are give it to me. Is that correct? Yeah. First, there's a lot of exercise grunting and then yeah. a lot of her yelling, give it to me. And was... the monster nasty is like, <laughs> he's like hiding it behind him and like doing tickle fingers because he has really, really long spooky fingers on like her palms when she goes to reach for it. It's a weirdly sexual song because at the beginning she's like give it to me and she's all happy like come on give it to me like give me the scepter but i mean it's the only words are give it to me and it's just over and over and give it to me give it to me give it to me just the whole time and then by the end she is at a shrill screech and chasing him throughout the play it is it's unsettling uh it is yet it's another very, piece of very unsettling another piece of terror in this yeah. film um yeah, so I just, my brain hates repetitive lyrics, so I, I I tried to block that out as much as I could, and there yeah, was it's, nothing. It was like it was no. like your eyeballs, my ear holes were like pinned open, like it's like a if there was a orange style. There was, there was <laughs> yes. no escaping it. You could not. It's like if there was a, a way. if there was a budget slim case dollar store DVD ripoff of Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, this would have been the number that they wrote. In, you know to to pretend it's touch me right because it's just like it's it lacks the complexity um it literally is just give it to me give it to me give it to me over and over again at differing levels of manic and um but it has that same vibe so it is definitely uncomfortable to sit through again children would not i think have any sense of this but as an adult watching it i was like this is this is something that is something i don't even know how to describe it uh to a normal person I think that people, I think this movie in general, trying to describe this movie, which is a problem for a podcast, is very difficult because the movie at its heart is like soft brain, you know, like no complexity, you know, just from A to Z for no reason to entertain the children. But the visuals are true nightmares. And the and the the actual elements of each scene are occasionally disturbing so as a whole package it's just you mentioned nightmare before christmas Nightmare before christmas has like this charming monstrousness like the like an adam's family right vibe like it's got this um it's subversive but in a way that we kind of we see coming and recognize it whereas the monstrous christmas is the true kind of it's the true subversion which is it is not it is not telling people blatantly how disturbing it is. It is pretending it is not disturbing while giving us things that are truly horrifying, like a, a weeping, pulsating monster eye, um, farting soundtrack, um, wheezy, whispering, gassy, wispy voices uh, coming out of uh, of brown stink holes, mud spewing like gas clouds. Um, monsters that are are linked at like the bottom of their piles they're just piles with with faces they they, they were attached at the butt they were attached at the butt um i think it's what rift text said to, i mean starting to see a theme here yeah lots of and you know what now that i think about it i mean i mean we're all big i think peter jackson fans here and anybody who knows peter jackson's work beyond um uh, Lord of the Rings and King Kong and the Hobbit trilogy 
knows that he is a twisted, twisted man with a very twisted sense of uh, humor, as we know from Dead or Alive, Bad Taste, um, Meet the Feebles, his his Muppet um, heroin orgy, violence-filled craziness, which I'm sure we'll talk about more on the podcast at some point. Uh, this verse, And this speaks volumes about that. Uh, if this is what New Zealand children were consuming uh, in the 80s, then I can absolutely see why uh, I have an affinity for for people who who are creating from from that place in the world because it is this is crazy this is a crazy upsetting it's like you had a bunch of different people making different movies like you gave this the costumers said hey it's a, it's a monster movie and they were like awesome I'm gonna make some weird shit and then uh, you gave the the actors like this is gonna be like a goofy kids movie uh, and then you gave the cinematographer like um, like hey. Uh, I want you to make this movie entirely out of B-roll for an antacid commercial. Like, you know, like really, like that's that's what this movie is. Everyone <laughs> thought they were doing something different and they Except put it together. Movie, yeah. Yeah. So sure. so I, I totally love it. Um, I, I absolutely love this movie. I the set without riff tracks, I will say the sound would have done me in. It is just yeah. piercing and atonal and obnoxious and uh, and I can put up with a lot. And and it's just, it's a, without riff tracks, this would have been tough for me because of the sound. Now, that said, you could cut a kick-ass bootleg um, uh, Super Sentai Power Rangers episode by redubbing this and recutting it. Because the monsters feel right at home in, uh, in that kind of, you know, like um, Ultraman Keiju vibe they would they would just be beautiful it just uh, that would be awesome i would love for that to happen whoever owns the rights to the monsters christmas reach out to us we will make magic but as it is it instead is the weirdest christmas short uh as tad said this is even weirder than cosmic christmas because cosmic christmas occurs on christmas and it is christmas in appearance and it is three space wise men coming to talk about christmas so there's christmas throughout the monster's Christmas is no Christmas. It is almost an it is almost an anti-Christmas movie because if you were to watch it on Christmas, you would be spending at least one hour of time not thinking about Christmas. Um, so maybe this that was movie, intentional. <laughs> maybe this movie is the Antichrist. <laughs> the Antichrist miss. Um oh my I, God. I I fully I fully love the monster costumes. I think that they are the first time yeah, i sat down to watch the this the practical effects in this were really great like they're too like good the costumes yeah yeah they're too good for the movie because the movie yeah, for the movie that was made well the movie would have they were perfect from for a... the movie that they thought they were making right they exactly. made the costume yeah ah totally i i just i wish i wish that something different was done with this that said I'm glad it exists. I'm glad we got to watch it. And the first time I watched it, uh, I couldn't sleep. And it was the middle of the night and the wind was howling here in the desert. And I turned it off 20 minutes in because I'm like, every time a new character was introduced, it was just a new level of horror. I'm like, I don't want to know what kind of nightmares I'll be having. Like, it's, it's, it's bonkers. And so in other words, here's a recommendation. Go watch The Monsters Christmas. Buy it from Rift Tracks. It's uh, not expensive. Uh, I think it's it's six bucks or seven bucks, something like that. It's an hour long. You can download it right from them or view it on the rifttracks.com site uh, and and support 
everyone that's doing the job of digging up these insane, truly wild, misguided, crazy, crazy uh, film and television specials. Um, so I'll recommend it. But I'm going to say this. If if you cannot stand uh, grading sound, I you're going to have a hard time with this. Don't try to watch the, the straight version. Riff Tracks is your best bet. And even then... The beginning to me has the most obnoxious sounds uh, of it. So if you can make it past the first 15 minutes, then I think you're okay. Uh, for for the normies out there, quote unquote, uh, do not watch this movie. There's no reason. Um, you will just be upset. You'll be disturbed. You'll send us letters. Um, you can feel free to send us letters. Colton Classic. Actually, send it to info at coltonclassicfilms.com. But uh, yeah, so there's me. There's it's 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 a it's a it is a divisive recommendation on uh my part mandy would you recommend the monster's christmas from 1981 uh and if so why and to who i'm gonna go samesies with you like it, if you like really weird stuff if you like other riff tracks like i like yeah. riff tracks. i've i've been to see riff tracks live like i i really like it. yeah so um yeah so like i would say definitely it's a good one i mean they've got some good jokes in there it's mm -hmm. always um they're always entertaining uh, and this was just like super bizarre as we've just spent the last hour discussing. Uh, so uh, it was yeah. a great one that they pulled to to work on and do some jokes for. So I'm always stunned yeah. that there's more and more weird Christmas shorts that I've never seen every year that Rift Tracks finds and uncovers. And it is, I mean, you're right. The ultimate recommendation I think is if you want to see something weird, watch the monstrous christmas because i just don't it doesn't really fit into any sort of but like if you if you label. struggled with quote unquote how weird like nightmare before christmas was oh, or yeah, like Edward scissor hands or something like this is definitely not for you because this is like times 100 and so. you're also competing with a on a technical level right like yeah because nightmare before christmas those are all very professional mm -hmm. uh excellently produced productions this is not <laughs> this is and it may yeah. have been well produced say are you competing with a cohesive narrative <laughs> well then you're fucked well, buddy then. yeah so i don't uh i don't think that's the case but tad would you recommend the, the monsters christmas from 1981 if so why and to who no i give monsters inc an f negative and nobody should ever watch this and it should go right back into the pits of hell where it belongs <laughs> do, you, do you mean monsters inc or do you mean the monsters christmas <laughs> yes <laughs> okay like i the think pit, the, the pits of someone's outhouse so so, came from. so you know what listener i know we have some listeners in new zealand i'm very grateful to you i'm happy to have you if you know anything about this or if this is somehow um indicative of other new zealand children's programming write in and tell us uh info at coltonclassicfilms.com or, or go to our instagram or facebook uh, colton classic films just let us know because i need to know like should i be should i be subscribing to new zealand public television is that is that like what i need to do to find more things like this or is this a one-off uh and, and just everything else is normal because i don't i don't i don't know how this got on tv uh, it's really, really bonkers. Like this is 1981. The 70s had ended. Granted, okay. not long before, but yeah. Like I, I mean, it's as a you know, uh, as again, as Rift Track said about Star Wars holiday special. You know, is there really enough uh, uh, pot in Modesto to make this happen? Um, that is like 
it is sort of this like you just you i just don't know what to say about it anymore i we've talked <laughs> but it is it is truly it's crazy i don't i can't impart to you enough how insane this is um but i will just leave you with this last image as as mandy mentioned the little girl is not afraid of the monsters despite the first time she sees the mountain monster in her living room he weeps crazy tears and then when she asks him a question he goes to the fireplace and brandishes a fire poker in the air at her for several minutes which she takes to be uh a game of of uh pantomime charades, yeah, she, pan charades. Mm-hmm. and but really just looks like him threatening to beat her with a fire poker it absolutely um, does and, and i don't if you had this it movie on mute, does. if you had this movie on mute and i'm last thing i swear to god the opening of this movie is the same opening of several Halloween and Friday the 13th sequels. It is a handy cam slowly approaching a, a, a window from a dark backyard and then entering the home without anyone knowing. It is literally stalker cam. It is it's a horror film. Like it opens exactly like a horror film. And I swear if you muted this. It would go from like, you know, Halloween 2 to Midsummer to Halloween 2 to, um, you know, uh, whatever uh, whatever Edgar's next project is after Lighthouse. Like it just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's weird. It doesn't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I did really appreciate seeing the weird shit it had to do. So that's going to be it for us today on this episode of Cult and Classic Films for this horrific Christmas in July special. Thank you to our panelists. As always, I am your host and owner of Colton Classic Films, uh, Nate Wyckoff. Please follow us uh, on social media, Instagram, Colton Classic Films, and, and Facebook as well. And write any questions, requests, hey nate you talk too much whatever i don't care tell us because it, it guides us and what we do on this podcast and our email again is info at coltonclassicfilms.com go to our website coltonclassicfilms.com where you can subscribe to our forthcoming newsletter to get awesome news reviews extra weird stuff about movies that you've never heard of and those that you love thank you so much rate review all that jazz for our podcast and check us out on youtube as well where we'll be posting the videos of our episodes to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.